Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today, I'm speaking with professional rugby player at Glasgow Warriors and Scotland, Rob Harley. Thanks for tuning in to the Pacey Performance Podcast. So I want to give a massive thanks to Rob Harley for joining us on the podcast this evening. So it's been a bit of an, uh, an itch of mine that needed scratching with regards to getting a, an athlete on the podcast and just giving their, get their view on, on SNC as a, as industry and, and kind of where the, where the coach fits in. So I want to welcome, uh, Rob to the podcast. Thanks very much, Rob. Pleasure to be on. So for anyone that doesn't know who you are, I just want to give a little bit of a background on yourself uh, and your kind of first experiences of strength and conditioning. Um, for me, I'm a, I'm a professional rugby player. I play for Glasgow Warriors and I've played for the Scotland international team. Um, I've, been a, I've been a full-time pro for six years. I had two years in the academy before that. Um, and my... My sort of S&C experience proper begins another two years before that. So 10 years ago now at 16, um, when I was inducted into the, the junior academy for rugby in Glasgow. And, uh, and that's when I was kind of started getting serious coaching towards, towards lifting and, and fitness and kind of all the, all the things around that. And, uh, it kind of, for me, at least, the start is kind of a subsidiary piece. Um, but the the longer my career has gone on, the more the more of an interest I've taken in it, and uh, I enjoy kind of learning about it, trying to apply the theories, and and using that as a as a performance tool for rugby. So, you just want to give us a little bit of background on on your experience ten years ago, and and how you were introduced to uh, to the gym itself. Um, the uh, the, the first thing and probably the most beneficial thing was just was kind of telling us getting us in and having a having a structure around it of you come in you come in three times a week and you left and you have someone who who knows what they're doing writing a program out for you and um for me started out with uh i'd done a little bit before that so i had i'd done you know technique work uh with with kind of the wooden bars and stuff but but that was kind of the first time I was getting proper coaching for these are the technique for your lifts. This is this is how you're doing it safely and giving me a a platform um to to build up and make improvements through that. And then kind of through through each stage of progress, um you you get kind of a more a more serious level of training. So when I was in the when I was in the academy set up from eighteen to twenty um we we did a lot of weights um we'd you know most typically it vary but typically we we lift weights five times a week and kind of you you adapt your body to to the rigors of professional sport so how do you see the role of the snc coach uh, how do you see that that coaching role fitting into the 
into the larger performance team with the, the likes of the physios and the nutritionists and psychologists and things like that? Um, I think uh, I think in modern sport in particular, it's it's very obvious that um, that kind of the the strength and conditioning of athletes is a is a crucial element um, to success. And uh, I think I think as as all sports, rugby included, become more professional, that's where that's where teams are looking for an edge, as in how how fit can you make the players how much mass can you put on them and and how how can you do that 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 makes them effective for their their particular sport um and it's something i think we do very well at glasgow that the the um the strength and conditioners have feedback into into the rugby side of it and they they're actively looking from the players for what what exercises are specific to rugby and what and what helps with rugby, what's relevant for playing rugby. So do you have a dedicated sports scientist at Glasgow or is that kind of fall to the remit of the SNC coach? It tends to be yeah, it tends to be the, the strength and conditioning coaches who are who are doing all that side of that. So they <coughs> excuse me, we've had um we've had nutritionists before and uh and psychologists but the the main contact for us are the the S and C coaches, and they're they're managing everything from the the extra fitness, the weights on a day to day basis, um, and then things like the the nutrition and the the hydration um, around training. So when you mentioned feedback there, I'm just really interested in um, the process of goal setting and the the goal setting that goes on between S and C coaches. And how the players, uh, how the players' goals uh, are fed into that system. Is there any experience? Is there any um, examples uh, during your career that that was done really well, where your thoughts and and goals were really integrated in that process? Um, I think uh, I think we we kind of we sit down at the start of the year and have a have a meeting about about the goals, and it's. Um, it's with the rugby coaches and the S and C coaches at the same time. So, so really, you start with your your kind of your overarching goals of, you know, for for us at Glasgow for winning the league and for um, progressing in the in the European Cup, and then you you break that down into into the technical goals of how you're going to achieve that and the and the physical goals. Um, for me. For me personally, um, I've I've come in and uh, kind of I'm I'm more from from the typical rugby player. I'm more from an endurance sort of background. So for me, a big thing is is adding strength and being able to keep on weight while while keeping the the endurance aspect of that. So uh, so be especially during a season when you're you're playing and you're training hard and there's a there's a lot of load in the body, um, making it's it's more difficult than in the in the preseason to make strength gains and to to keep um, to keep mass. So so coming up with ways to do that and having the input from the from the strength conditioners is has been really crucial to me into into managing my body, not just with the the weights and the the strategies around weights that we use, but also in nutrition when to eat what to eat and and that sort of thing as well 
So there's an increasing amount of data that's been collected by SNC coaches and sports scientists, but I'm just interested in, from a, a player's point of view, where where you see that data coming from on a on a day to day basis uh, at Glasgow. We um, we record the the main lifts in the gym, um, kind of sets, reps, weights. Uh, we do kind of as we as we get towards. Match day, we uh, we test hydration before the day of the game, just to <coughs> to make sure guys are are ready to perform optimally, and that's that's one that's a challenge for me. I, you know, in the in the lead up to the day before a game, I'm quite often on the dehydrated side, so so just managing that and making sure that I'm able to to hydrate properly by the time it's time of kickoff. Is really crucial, um, and then uh, as well as that, there's there's the GPS units where we measure kind of you know total distance, but also work rate work rate per minute and uh, accelerations as well. Um, and especially since rugby is a stop start sport, having the having the data on how fast you're running, what kind of accelerations you're making, and uh, and how you're how repeatable you are as an athlete is is really crucial, and then we can compare things like what is your what is your ten meter speed and your acceleration on the track to to how does that translate to when you're playing? Do you say in a kickoff, which is a relatively closed close skill, because you get you maybe get thirty forty meters of running, um, bef- what of just you know where you're just running before you make a decision. Um, are you are you able to achieve your optimum speed in that? So when it comes to the bigger data that's collected uh, on you guys as players, so GPS data, for instance, in an ideal world, how would you like that to be fed back? So whether it be um, posters on walls, emails, how would you like that to be fed back to you guys so you can kind of see it and digest it appropriately? Um, I think I think we have. We have a good system at Glasgow where we get um, we get we get it emailed out to us um, after after pretty much every session. You'll there'll be an email sent out and it'll have the it'll kind of have a breakdown of different things: your distance, your your meterage per minute, maybe for the whole session, but maybe for one specific game that we're targeting. Um, how hard are we able to work in that game, and then the the max speeds and the accelerations distance and then they they tend to group it by position so so that it's relevant to you because because in rugby you know there's there's players doing different jobs and the front row and the wing are doing doing quite different things you don't expect them to achieve the same speeds in a game so having having a group by position makes it more makes it more relevant i think uh i think having you know, every game is different and works out differently. But having guidelines for for what uh, what kind of how your training compares to a game is very useful. Um, and a lot of our a lot of our preseason training, um, the strength and conditioners had feedback into into the structure of of the training sessions so that it more closely mirror the the workload and the efforts expended in a game. So when you do get that email, what kind of things are you looking at? Are you looking at the raw numbers? Are you looking at 
how you compare to other guys in your position, other guys in the squad. What are you guys having a little bit of banter over? Um, I tell you, it, it tends to be uh, you look at all, all the numbers um, and then and basically you're, you are looking for, for whichever one you're leading the category and this is the one that you're, you're highlighting. Um, although, although I guess, uh, I guess, I guess speed is the big, the big glamorous one. Everyone wants to be fast, faster than the, the guys around them. Um, but, uh, but I think, I think they're all, they're all useful numbers. And when we get that, um, I'm looking at every column and looking at how I've compared and, and thinking about the training session and, and, uh, we also, they, they have that as a prompt in the email, um, cause it comes in an attachment and the email says, have a, have a look at the comparison with your position and, and think about why you, why you're above, why you're below the people, the people around you just to, to have, to have, I guess, a little bit of thought provoking just going into looking at the data. So is it quite a common thing at Glasgow that the guys will really look at that that data in depth from that email, or is there some out there? I mean, you'd have to stitch anyone up, but is there any guys out there who who don't take it take the information as well as maybe you do? I think uh, I think the majority of the guys do look at the email, but um, it's more you more see it when um, certain sessions they'll get they'll they'll put up in the changing room. So that's when you, that's when kind of the ribbon comes into play. It's a little bit harder when you're all getting sent an individual email, but when you can, you can highlight certain numbers on a, on a sheet of paper that's been stuck in the change room. That's when, that's when it gets competitive. That's when you're, you're defending yourself by saying, oh, my top speed wasn't great, but look at your total distance. So is that information put up at strategic times or is that just a, a kind of random occurrence for, for that info? Um, I think, uh, I, I think it tends to be when we're when we're in the next day, you know, when we're in the structure of the week, there's certain certain times when we're not in our training other venues or we're all off the next day. So so we'll be up in the change room if we're if we're in the day after, but we're we're getting we're getting most of it emailed out anyway, so you're definitely seeing it. But I think I think having it where where you're all gonna see it together kind of gives it a, a competitive edge. So do you see guys in the squad that maybe don't react uh, well to that information? So maybe the the quieter, kind of less experienced guys, or does does everyone get involved in hammering each other? Whoever's at the bottom. Um, I think uh, I, I think everyone gets involved, and it just it does it definitely does put a bit of pressure on you if you're uh, if you're down down the bottom of the list just to. To kind of to to do whatever you can to fight to to fight to get out of it. We had we had a similar thing for for strength a few years ago where uh, <coughs> it was it was kind of it was similarly grouped off by position and they they put kind of your your one RMs or predicted one RMs for the main exercises and uh, you're you're coloured in green if you're above the average for your position and red if you're below. And I uh, add a few reds, and it definitely, it definitely kind of just gives you gives you some motivation to to go out and improve and to and to kick on, you know. So I just want to move on a little bit and just get your take on 
on other the, the other roles that the SNC coach may take up, not necessarily kind of structured, but away from the gym or away from the field. What kind of things are you are you tapping into the SNC coach for? Maybe on more of a global uh, performance level. I think uh, I think it's a really important thing, and and we I think we do a, a good job of integrating that in Glasgow. Um, the the SNC coaches tend to take the warm ups, and so you're you're kind of mixing in rugby specific things with with uh, an SNC component. So you know, in our sport, you require to be explosive and good at accelerating, good footwork. Um, and so, you know, the warm up might, might involve, you know, like good, good technique for accelerating, um, for, and just being, being physically primed as well for, for wherever you do in the session. So if we have, if we have more contact in the session, the warm up will, will contain kind of more, more physical elements for the, the upper body as well as just running. Just so you're, you're conditioned and you're, you're good to go. Um, I think as well as that, there's just the, the kind of the having another pair of eyes, someone who's, someone who's an expert at, at strength and conditioning can, <clears throat> can provide a fresh approach because we tend to, this is probably true of a lot of sports, but you tend to, to be in a little bit of a bubble technique wise. And, you know, this is the way you're coached to, to tackle, say, or to, to carry the ball and an SNC coach can say, well, maybe you'll be, you'll be faster like this. This is the way we train a sprinter to do it. And you can make, you can make adjustments to your technique based on their, their expertise in another area. And you, maybe, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but having, having fresh ideas coming in gives you, gives you a chance to gain competitive advantages. Um, and then there's the, the off field element of, how do you, how do you recover? Um, how do you get the most out of your, your body? So, um, the, the SNC worked with the players this, this, uh, this preseason on doing presentations on nutrition, on sleep, um, on recovery and how to, how basically to maximize the, the benefits of your training. Um, and it's something, it's something we take quite seriously. The, the kind of the nutrition aspects as well, but also maximizing recovery. And for me talking about, um, maintaining weight, kind of making sure, making sure I'm getting enough good calories in is important, but things like being able to go to the sauna straight after a session to increase, increase blood plasma, increase testosterone, I found is, is really helpful for, for not only strength, but for maintaining mass through the season. I just want to bring it back to the start of the answer when you went mention warm ups, uh, and probably could tag in uh, gym sessions as well uh, in in this in this question. But how much how much freedom do you like as a player? Do you prefer to be left to your own devices when it comes to to things like warm ups that are obviously quite individual, or would you rather have some really set structure? Or basically, everyone's doing the same thing, and and there's not much kind of play for for you to to express what you feel you need and, and you want? Um, I think for, well, for me personally, I, I like, uh, I like a mix of both. It's definitely good to have 
kind of the if you have the majority of warm ups led, it kind of it gives you a chance to to try exercises and to know what what you need for your body to be ready. And so then when you're given when you're given the chance to just to to take more responsibility in your own, you kind of you know you have an idea of what you should be doing. Whereas if you're I guess I guess there's a chance of it being stale if it's always led by the coaches or if you're always left to your own devices then you could be you could be underprepared for a certain session because you, you maybe don't know what what you're doing. I, I find that kind of you you're able to pick up ideas and and you know you kind of you work out what, what works for your own body. So for me, kind of stretching off my back and hips before sessions is important to to make sure that I'm I'm ready to go when we when we start the rugby. Um the in the gym it's it's largely led but um but then there's the there's a chance to just to adapt things for <clears throat> for injuries which is which is you know part of part of all sports and for and for what you feel works for you and and how you're feeling that day as well. So I think I think it's good that we're given a structure, but also that we can have a conversation with the coach and and say, you know, when I when I had last season and I had a problem with my hips, I kind of I I didn't squat for a couple of months and I did trap bar deadlift instead, and uh, and just found that really beneficial for for my overall overall performance um, and. And just by by changing that, um, not only help me help me on the rugby field, but I think helps helps your overall strength just to to be able to to mix in different exercises and to to have different things. So so basically, instead of instead of doing the prescribed program, I've talked to the coach and explained what the problem is, and they've suggested trying trap bar. But then when I've gone back to to squatting a couple of months later, having having the basis of, of building up the strength and that exercise has helped my squats as well. Just going to take a very quick break uh, to break up the episode with Rob. Hope you enjoyed it so far. It was it's so it's a, an itch that I've been wanting to scratch for a while to get on a, a professional athlete and and speak about uh, basically get the perspective of the people we're all trying to improve as coaches and, and sports scientists. So it was great to get Rob on, so massive thanks to him for uh, giving up an evening to, to chat to me. So just before we get into part two, just want to say a massive thanks to Train With Push and Valve Performance for sponsoring the episode today. So I'm just getting back into my own training uh, using the push band. So if you haven't checked out uh, the new redesigned app and you've got a push band, definitely check that out. It's got some cool new features. The the user interface is really good and the kind of user experience is uh, much improved, so definitely uh, definitely check that out. A new, a new uh, product has also been brought out by the guys at Valve Performance. So if you were at the UKCA a couple of weeks ago, you'll have seen uh, the prototype. So definitely keep an eye out for that, uh, which is going to add to the, uh, add to the uh, product range held by Valve Performance, which goes alongside the Nord board. So, Hope you enjoy part two with Rob, and I will speak to you soon. So, when it comes to relationship building for the SNC coach, obviously building relationship with their players, 
what would you say from your experience, um, maybe to someone, an SNC coach who's new in a job, what would be the techniques to get the, the guys on board? Would it be um, obviously getting involved in um, maybe some sort of challenge, like a gym challenge early doors to show what they need to show, they can do what, uh, they can be in the mixer and, and mix it with the players? Or is it someone that maybe um, a technique that to kind of stand back and observe and just dip in and out in the first couple of weeks? From your from your experience, what is the, the best way for a coach to really engage the players? Uh, the I think I think for me the the main thing is is kind of having having the respect, um, and that's and that's if you if they if they're demonstrating that they're they're expert in the field. Um, and whether that's whether that's just because they can, they can lift a huge amount, they, uh, or they're they're really powerful, you know, or what they what they say is very is easily applicable and and gives and makes a difference too. Um, I think that's the, I guess that's that's more important than than setting a hard and fast rule for you should you should step back and just observe or you should always get in the mix just just that that kind of expertise is the most important thing and demonstrating that that by working together kind of the athlete is gonna gonna get the the benefit from it you know so when it comes to snc coaching and their ability um in the gym how much how much influence does that have on on the buying that the coach is going to get with the players? Obviously, not being able to maybe lift as much as you guys, but just show how competent they are in the in the gym that they they can be competitive. Um. Well, for like, firstly, it's it's useful from a from a coaching standpoint. Just if they're saying, because because uh, because sometimes it's not always the easiest thing. The easiest thing to picture when you're you're trying to coach, you know, you're trying to coach cleans, and they're saying keep keep the bar closer to it, extend the hips, try to get to triple extension, and just rather than rather than explaining it, if they can if they can pick up a bar and and have kind of flawless technique, it gives you it gives you a better idea of, of what you're trying to do with the exercise a lot of the time than than someone even the best person in the world could explain. Just seeing that picture is more useful, um, but I think. I think probably more importantly, it just gives them, it just helps that banter, gives them a bit of bragging rights over a player if they, uh, if they say, "Oh, what are you benching," and then they go ahead and knock out, knock out a few more reps than you were doing on it. <laughs> Is that something that Stu's doing? Stu, <laughs> um, Stu's probably stronger than me in, in most of the major lifts, so. So I just want to touch on something that you said right at the start, and it, it kind of. Um... It just touches on the influences that are, that are out there, whether it be on on the internet, on social media, uh, that can potentially cloud the the kind of practice of of players and the, the physical preparation and, and coaches. To be fair, but what are the what are the resources that maybe you tap into? Obviously, taking the the work that you do in the gym obviously very seriously. Maybe what are the what are the resources that you, you and and maybe the other guys uh, look at to to influence what you do and the the things that you're putting to SNC coaches' ideas and, and potential things to to include. Uh, no, there's there's a lot of guys uh, now when who've who've moved on from Glasgow who are who are interested in the 
the kind of the performance side of lifting and um, for me and for, for most of the guys I think the, the primary source is our coaches and uh, and just having them having them tell us about um, you know some some study they're reading some some theory that they're they're looking at or or different technique and and having that um, and that's that's where I'd say the the vast majority of the the ideas we're trying out in training and and trying out um, that transfers to the field as well for us um, that comes from it's it's from the coaches <coughs> um, aside aside from that uh, and. I can't speak particularly to our players and I know that there I know the guys are looking at different things. Um you mentioned like I, I listened to a few podcasts and uh, the Tim Ferriss podcast I I listen to and kind of you you occasionally hear hear ideas on that on what on what people are, are doing or trying for high performance that's that's interesting. Um I read uh, strengththeory.com um with Greg Nichols, uh which uh which I think has a has a lot of interesting stuff on it. Um and for the the majority of that stuff, if I'm if I'm reading something interesting or different, I'll again I'll bring it back to the to the coaches of Glasgow and, and kind of and talk it through with them. Do do they think it'd work? Do they think it's worth trying? Um and just and just giving it a go. And uh I think I think that's useful just to you know even even if it doesn't work just to just to try something but a, a lot of the things that a lot of the kind of the strange ideas that that have popped up have actually turned out to be pretty useful I found so is there any examples that um that you've got which you may have uh, got from strengththeory.com or something like that and and put it to the coaches and which has been used and had a positive impact on your on your game um, for me, well, I'm a, I'm a big devotee of, of saunas and, uh, and getting that, getting that effect straight after training. Um, and, uh, and the fact that it's good for, for endurance and strength is, is a major bonus. Um, the other one's probably occlusion cuffs, um, particularly, particularly kind of for, for lower body injuries where you can't really, you can't really get a lot of load. Um, you know, I've, I've had back in, back, uh, earlier in my career, kind of had injuries where I've had a lot of muscle wastage. Yeah. I was in, I was in a cast for, for nine weeks in my ankle and, and kind of didn't have any leg left when I was finished. But, um, but kind of, but now being able to, to have that and to, to simulate strength work without any load is is massively useful. So is that something that came from you? No, that was that was something that, uh, that was something that they they just started bringing in and uh, and kind of not just for I, I think primarily for for guys who are injured so they can get some loads, but also I was using it uh, at some points last season just to to try and increase power production. From legwork. So I've just got one more question to ask you before I let you go. Um, the kind of big one, really. What can an SNC coach do, whether it be a, a specific trait, a skill, a characteristic? What can they do with you guys 
to increase their impact um, that they have within the within the squad on on each individual player. What would be that one thing, that one thing that they need to tick that box to increase their impact they're having? Um, the uh, there's there's a couple there's a couple of things spring to mind, and and the first one, the first one maybe shouldn't be as relevant, but just uh, just something something kind of flashy and attention grabbing, as uh, <laughs> as kind of shallow as that sounds, but. Um, but the the whole, you know, if they are if they are able to to lift a lot of weight, do do something really impressive in the gym, or um, the uh, one of our S and C coaches, Tebow, came in this year and basically has a challenge where he asks a asks a player to place a coin flat in their palm, and uh, and just then he just kind of stares at them and then snatches it out of their hand. Before before they can react, and no one in the squad's beaten them at it yet, so they're just <laughs> a little party something trick. something very shallow and flashy. They're just uh, a little party trick that's attention grabbing. Um, the other the other thing I'd say is is showing how showing how it's relevant to to your sport. So when when we're doing exercises and and kind of and looking at the data we get, the GPS data, what what I really want to know is is kind of how does this make me a better player and and you know what is what is the bit at the end of the day, what's the benefit for for playing rugby? So so kind of if if it's driven by that, you know, the very obvious connection, you're squatting because you'll get better leg power, you'll be you'll be more dominant in your tackles when you're ball carrying. You know, very obvious connection. Um, kind of as the, I think for me, it's the simplest thing for, for getting getting buy in. And you know, this is a good exercise. This is something I want to do. Um, same with same with GPS data, kind of showing this is this is the typical demands in a game. So so we've adapted training to to more reflect that. Um, so you're you're gonna get a more game like intensity from your practice, just just having it relevant to the sport. Brilliant. That was the uh, that was the burning question. I left the left the big one till last. Are you uh, are you on social media? Are you on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that? I'm I'm not on social media. That is the first time ever I think on the uh, on the podcast that no one's been on social media. But definitely definitely respect that. Is that a club thing or is that a personal thing just to stay out of the shit that's going it's, on? Uh, it's, it's more of a personal thing from being being fairly technology illiterate. But um, my, my my teammates constantly tell me that I, that I should be on it. I think I think it might be beneficial from from kind of a, a profile sort of thing. So I'm, I'm wavering, but I'm not sure. No, I respect that, mate. Definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. So... That's it. I mean, thanks a lot for your time, Rob. Really appreciate you coming on and and sharing your uh, your insights with us and uh, and the listeners. No, good to talk to you, Rob. Cheers. So we'll we'll definitely keep in touch and uh, and I'll speak soon. Cheers. Bye. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye. So podcast one hundred and four is done. Just want to say a massive thanks to Rob Harley for for popping on the podcast. Uh, it was great to get the perspective of a professional athlete and someone who obviously thinks about their their craft which I'm, I'm 
hoping that other other athletes do, and I'm sure they do. Um, but it was good, to, great to get his perspective um, on the role of the SNC coach. So massive thanks to Train with Push and Valve Performance for sponsoring the episode today. Got some great guests coming up over the next couple of weeks, um, so hopefully, hopefully you will will tune in uh, and check them out. And got some really exciting stuff going on in the background, which will hopefully come to fruition uh, in the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe the next month, which I'm sure you'll uh, hear and see all over my Twitter feed uh, over the next couple of days. So I hope to speak to you soon and I'll see you in episode 105.